Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. War Eagle Auburn fans, and welcome to Tiger Tracks, your source for Auburn cross-country and track and field news and discussion. I'm your host, Jessica Loomis, and I am here with my co-host and sometimes amazing husband, Kyle, to discuss the 2021 cross-country season. You spent all last season switching back from amazing, not so amazing, now you're just doing somewhat amazing? Is that what Because the season hasn't started. You haven't proven yourself to be amazing yet, so you, you got to build up to it. I thought I would have proven in the 10 years that we've been married that I'm at least slightly amazing, not just somewhat amazing. That's rude. That's hurtful. I will plead the fifth. That is hurtful yet probably (laughs) truthful all at the same time. Kyle, Mm. in the 10 years that we've been married and the however many years that we've been doing this podcast, do you feel like you know anything more about cross country than you did when you started? I actually do. Honestly, I will say that uh, when Whitney had to step away as your co-host, I was a little worried that it was going to be me stepping in these shoes. I was worried too. I have grown in my fondness and appreciation for not just cross country, but the track and the fields, indoors and outdoors. Yes. And which one is the best? Well, in your mind, I think it's outdoors. outdoors clearly. I, I kind of like indoors, I'll be honest with you. I mean, it's got its perks. It with leads the, you to outdoor. the curved ramps and stuff like that. and It's something. It's, it's it's yeah. It's, I'm also proud of you for knowing that it's cross-country and not cross-crunchy. Well, I'm, I'm sure one of those is going to be dropped <laughs> at some point in this podcast, so don't worry, friends. And I will obviously this season continue my fear and abhorment of sand traps. No, that's fair. That's that's if you've been and here you, for a while, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to get upset about that. At some I hope point. you do realize, like, it's not quicksand. It's not something. It doesn't from a matter. Bugs it doesn't cartoon. matter. It doesn't matter. Sand traps are just horrible. And regardless, it's really not. It is. There are people that run on the beach all the time. And I've ran on the beach. Have you ever done that? Yeah, it's hard. It's awful. So, <laughs> welcome back here. to cross country season. Welcome to 2021. Kyle and Jessica have not changed and still argue. But here's the thing. I think you have had quite the year and off season with the Olympics. Man, hello. I know cross country wasn't part of well, technically it there was. There was okay, so there were marathons, there was distance running, there was the steeplechase, which has nothing to do with cross country, but it's a long race. Would you consider the marathon an urban cross country? Uh, no. Because they don't have to go over really obstacles no. or anything like so that. So that's or? a street race. Right. Well, I just, so what qualifies a cross-country race for you? have you? to not be on the street! Okay, that's fair. But, like, is it does it require you going over different terrains, elevations, yes. all that kind of stuff? Yes. So simply because they are on a somewhat level street and go just make turns and stuff like that. That is not, the distance alone is not enough to qualify cross-country for you. Correct. But also, so, like, marathons, there are marathons, there are super marathons. And then what's that thing called? Oh Wait. gosh, my friend John is so mad at me right now. He used to do, is it ultra marathons? Where it was a hundred miles. It was something insane. Literally, like you have to have a chase car behind you. This has nothing to do with Auburn. 
Well, it's setting the stage but for anyway, another cross-country season. Yeah, here we are. 2021 new cross country team, new I, coach. I would say new and improved for us, but that's not the case. Nope. Well, let's talk about that coach. Old and dilapidated for us. <laughs> so, seriously, though, we do have a new coach. That's a fact. Yes. So, we have Aaron Kent. He is new to us, but not new to coaching cross country. May I point out, is that, are you sure that's Kent? That's how I'm going to say it. I, I think, said it I with, I think it's kind. Well, I said it with, a lot of confidence, and now I feel dumb. K I N D T, folks. You tell Kent. us what you think. You see, you think, what do you see, Kent, in that? Kindit. Kindit. Kent. Kind. I think it's kind. Like it's it's kind, but you put like a t at the end of it. What this did, is the analysis what did the that Andy you get Bertram on this show. show say? Oh, that's a great point. I should have paid attention to that. Okay, I so just... I'm going to go with Kent because I can say that. I can't say that other way. Coach Aaron. Yep. Coach Aaron. Love that. So, Coach Aaron, this sounds like, you know, when you're playing t-ball and you're six years old. And you're Coach like, Aaron, will you let me come to bed? Help me. My pants came untied and I can't get them up. I feel like that was repressed childhood memories for you. <laughs> it was. That was, that was, was really a skinny weird. kid and my pants always fell down. That was really weird. Okay. All right. You need to talk to somebody about that. <laughs> I can't have another therapist. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> Coach Aaron. <laughs> So we, we, no, I can't. Jessica, we broke you already. I'm going to go with Episode Coach. one of 2021. Man, this is just failing. If anybody has stuck with this this long, God bless you. Oh, they should know by now this is how this goes. <gasps> coach Aaron, he comes from Southern Miss. He was actually the head coach there for the last seven years. Mm -hmm. So he led the USM women's team to a pair of second place finishes at the Conference USA Cross Country Championships. This was back in 2017 and then in 2019 as well. He was also instrumental in the program's first ever Women's Indoor Conference USA Championship in 2020. Mm -mm. So he is not... Um, A slouch. Well, that too. But he's also used to winning. Yes. So he's from Orlando, Florida. He is... Kyle, just plug your ears. Nope. He's a graduate of University of Florida. Nope. <laughs> in 2010, he graduated with a degree in geography. Um, maybe that's why he loves cross country, you know, running on all the different terrains you across took the globe. The you, you, I was setting myself up for a great <laughs> dad joke and you took it away from me. Sorry, sorry. What is going on? Why are you doing this to me? Like I've, I've like wrote my material out. Not really, but somewhere in my head, I wrote it out. And now you've stolen it from me. You, you really were going to make the same joke? I really was. about I'm, geography and cross country? I'm so proud that we have like the same mind. That's scary. It's idiotic. Yeah, that's but scary. Anyway, so he also, while he was at University of Florida, he was a four-year letter winner with the cross country and track and field programs, which is amazing. His main events were the 1,500, 3,000 meter, 5,000 meter, and the 10,000 meter. So clearly a middle distance and distance runner. So would this be that super ultra mega death no. marathons? No. I know. I'm just messing with you. No. So how do you think coming from Southern Miss, Miss wow, there, there's a slip up right there. Southern Miss is going to translate to Auburn and essentially the SEC. I so mean, tell me this. What conference is Southern Miss in? Conference USA. So, oh, that's what that meant. So, but don't think of Conference USA in the sense that you think of in football, because like you had no clue they existed, right? Well, that's well, correct. No, I'm, I'm not saying that to put you down, but I'm saying like that's. that's I was it. trying to not say that, but yeah, I but didn't you know think Southern of Miss like existed. the SEC, the ACC, the Big Ten, Big Twelve, all those right. big ones, right? The bigs, right? The big conferences in football. It's not the same thing like in the other sports as well. There are some conferences that do very well. So just speaking personally, I don't know what Conference USA's, you know, legacy is in terms of track and field and cross country and stuff like that. 
But I'm just curious, you know, it's it's a bit of a step up in terms of coming from yeah. Southern Miss. It's going to be a little bit smaller of a school. Yep. Then to Auburn, which is even still not the biggest of the SEC schools, you know, even in the right. state. So I, I still think this is going to be wow, a big... Wow, I can't believe you acknowledge that. Well, big and better doesn't mean the same thing. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's not get crazy now. Uh, but uh, we got to give Alabama a little credit. They got pretty good cross-country, you know, routes and distance uh, Again, who are you? I'm just... Listen... I have turned over a new leaf. You have. I, I will still take my free shots at Alabama whenever I get the chance to. But today, you're being a nice human. I'm just being fair. <laughs> I guess is the term I should be saying on this. Well, so here's what I'm excited about. I'm excited that Coach Spry has an actual like cross-country coach. Somebody specifically for cross-country that will help him. Now, and to, to be fair, the last coach, I forget his name, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's just admit it there right now. I think he was the same type of deal, like he was the cross-country coach, but he was distance. But, but I got the impression that personally, just kind of read into the situation, our previous coach was kind of asked to do it because yeah. he's a distance coach. This strikes me as it was a hire because of this, but he's going to help with the distance and track and field as well. Is the way I would take that because if he's listed on the Auburn website as cross-country and distance yeah. coach that he's going to assist in some manner. Yeah, there. absolutely. I agree with that. So it, maybe this is a shift in focus and recognizing, you know, people like Joyce Gamelli coming through that we do need to put a little bit more emphasis, not just on distance running, but cross country, the sport of it. Cross country specifically. And here's really why. So cross country, this season is very short. You're kidding. So <laughs> it really it's, is. it's a long season in that it goes from, you know, August or early September to the end of November. But the amount of meets are really small. So like this year, there's only, what, seven meets. And that's if you qualify for regionals and nationals. Right. So really only three regular season meets. So that it's really important that the coach and the athletes are, you know, strategic in their pacing, their running, their, you know, their training, everything. It, because it's such a short season, every single race has to count for something. Hey Auburn fans, I want to take a quick time out from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs. Especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network Booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. 
maybe for the layman out there like me, you know, that's just kind of learning along the way. You're the pro at this type of Not stuff. Not pro. Well, you're more of a pro than most of us who don't follow cross country traditionally. The re- this is the way I, it works out in my head. And I understand because the question is why so few of meets? I think I think it has a lot to do of accessibility of the actual sport and how many people actually compete in that and stuff and who has courses they can run on. Auburn, I think, three years ago, hosted an event yeah. at uh, one of the golf country clubs yep. out there. So, you know, it's rare for Auburn to do that. So there's just not a lot well, of... Well, and it's, it's really hard because golf courses, of course, are great running areas. Except you know, sand traps. So, but no, that's a really great course, however... Most golf courses obviously are so meticulously groomed and, you know, perfected. They don't want a bunch of cross-country spikes out there ruining their turf. And I forget that they run on spikes so, too. So yeah, it's not a great point. true spikes, well, but, but it's cross-country spikes. So they're smaller. They're going to make less of a hole in the ground. Right. But essentially you're making a hole in a golf course and people, golfers get very mad. If and they don't their turf. just do golf courses, but that's something that's no, very no, no. easy I'm to just be saying, I'm yeah. Just, yeah, I'm just making sure people know that that's not like the only thing that we run on. No, definitely. Country. It's kind of a rare thing, but I'm saying it's a great course right. because golf courses are typically hilly. They've got different types of terrain, obviously. They're big enough to have a 5K on them. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I ran on a cross-country course in Furman at Furman University. Right. Was the North Carolina? Yeah. South Carolina. Or is it South Carolina? Um, One of them Carolinas. Not the point. Furman's <laughs> meet was actually on a golf course right beside the university because of that. Because it was such a good terrain, everything else was going to be on the streets. And, you know, with cross-country races, you really don't want to run on the streets. Yeah, I bet that rug wears down on your joints a little it bit. It is. It's really bad to run on, you know, asphalt, concrete, all that. It's really terrible on your joints. Well, but you, that's you a different... respect for the marathon people, though. For doing... So much respect. I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I wanted to point out here with so few of meets, too, think about the recovery that has to take place after an event like this. You're running this long of distances, you know. You probably can't do one every single week and get more meets in. It's probably better to spread it out a little bit because it's usually every two weeks or so that you Which see is that. so interesting, because high school cross-country, which is the only thing, obviously, that I ever competed in, I never competed collegiately, um, you had meets every single weekend for cross-country. It's really, well, think you're younger, too, your joints are better. They're trying to preserve themselves Yeah, as, and maybe as that's it. I mean, definitely. But it was just funny that even in North Alabama, where I grew up, we had a meet within an hour of us every single weekend. So tons of cross-country courses just... Right around where we were. Speaking of somewhat North Alabama, let's walk through the schedule a little bit. Yeah. Because that's, it's not net necessarily North Alabama, but getting up there where we're going to so start. So we're Central Alabama. So yeah. we actually are going to start this coming weekend, um, September 4th, at the Foothills Invitational, which is at in Oxford, Alabama at JSU. Yep. Very familiar place for a lot of people in Alabama. It's not yep. too far from Auburn, uh, you can kind of take some back roads to get up there if you want. I've taken that route before. It's not, it's kind of scenic, kind of pretty. So if you've got nothing to do on a Friday night, I think is, or a Friday morning technically is when these normally yeah. happen. You can come on up and watch our men and women run up in Oxford in a very pretty and scenic place. Yeah, absolutely. So then our, the other two regular season meets I'm kind of excited about. So we go to FSU, Florida State, 
on September 17th, which is also the location of the pre-nationals event. Mm. So it's really important for them to go to the meets, you know, where they can run the course one time so that that pre-nationals meet, they can really know the course already. Um, and then you're probably favorite. I think this is really cool. They're going to the Notre Dame Invitational on October 1st. Well, I think it's cool itself. What I see is a progression here, and this is just me reading into stuff, so I may be incorrect, but let, let, let me go there. So I would suspect that the Foothills Invitational at JSU is going to be some, somewhat of a, not that it's not going to be competitive, but just a, a lower competition. It'll meets. probably be more local. Local stuff. Yes. A great way to get everybody's <laughs> well, feet wet, but you know. Uh-huh. but. Feet sweaty. Feet, oh, that's gross. <laughs> uh, but it's true, though. FSU would be like a next step up. And like you said, it's great that they get to see what they're going to see later on in the season. Yep. for. And just as a reminder, FSU has some great they, distance runners that come out of them, their um, program every single season. I would suspect the Notre Dame invite is going to be probably one of the bigger ones. Of just course. Reading into what, you know, it's a big school. It draws, it's a big name. It draws in a lot the of people. The fact that it's drawing in somebody from the SEC. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you're going to see a lot of people from all parts of the country congregating there to kind of really get a good test before you get a little bit closer to pre-nationals and nationals and all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So then we talked about there are four post-season meets, technically. Is that one really a post-season? Is it really? Well, it's not a regular season. That's true. That's fair. So pre-nationals, like I said, is at FSU on October 15th. Then SEC Championships, one of my very favorite meets, is October 29th in Columbia, Missouri. What do you think about that? I'm interested. So I didn't know there was a Columbia, Missouri. So you know that's where the Missouri Tigers are, though, right? In Columbia? Columbia, Missouri, yeah. Isn't South Carolina, like the University of South Carolina in Columbia, well, too? Well, you know, there's like an Auburn, Georgia. An Auburn. There's several other like places that have similar names because we're not original at all here in this country. I mean, seriously. But okay, well. But I just, in terms of it being so, Missouri, that's not where I would have placed it. I don't, know, I don't know where else I would have. I feel like I don't know a lot about Missouri, but isn't it kind of flatter? No. Well, I, you know. <laughs> okay, never well, mind. Kyle and I don't know. I feel like it's getting closer to that part where it starts getting a little bit more hilly. It's closer to the plains, like Kansas and Oklahoma. Right, and, and I thought Kansas and Oklahoma were a little bit flatter. They, they're flat, but they, they're kind of, it's like plains. You know, that's what the Great Plains is what it's called. Right. So I would imagine it'd be hilly. It's like we get the loveliest village on the plains because we're very hilly in terms of more or the rest of Alabama. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that statement later. I still don't understand what the loveliest village on the plains is really about, but because we're on the plains of Alabama and we're very lovely and small. The loveliest little village. Who in the came plains. up with that? Was that George Petrie? I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Aren't Honestly. you glad I knew that name? I'm actually shocked you knew that name. That yeah, makes... I should win some brownie points for that. Uh, we'll see. Okay, so then a meet that I would love to go to because it's right near my hometown, the NCAA South Regionals on November 12th in Huntsville, Alabama. Don't you hate it. You gotta work. I am just really tempted to take a day off. Whoa, shouldn't that. be saying that live, but hey. <laughs> I said really tempted. I really didn't say tempted. anything about doing it. Might get a little bit sick that day or right. something like I'm that. I'm feeling a stomach virus coming on. Oh, my no, goodness. I'm teasing. I will not be there, unfortunately. But that's tempting. Um, and then obviously the NCAA championships are the final meet of the season in Tallahassee, Florida, of course, on November 20th. So just in terms of expectations for the season, you know, traditionally Auburn has not as a team, and I think this is fair to say, at least since we've been covering it, not done like super, super well in cross country. Right. In terms of team. They have some standout athletes. Yes. But not as a team. Typically it's because there's not enough athletes to compete as a team. Right. You know, to score points, you know. And I, I think if I remember from listening to um, Andy Burcham talking with Coach Aaron this this past week, there was a mention of some athletes that for us that 
are still kind of working back to getting with the team because yep. they were competing in the Olympics this year and stuff like that. I've been through a lot of training and stuff like that. But so they're they're not necessarily. I thought we were talking track and field and cross country. Well, not, we are not gymnastics like Suni Lee. Well, Suni's not running this thing, <laughs> even though she probably could, and she'd win America's Hearts all over again. I mean that girl. But anyway, we're not talking gymnastics. So you know, there's probably still some going to be changing up of the roster and things like this. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm very. I guess I I hope that this is going to be the start of maybe a upward trajectory for the team and not just the individuals because we've had a lot of great individuals yeah. Brenna Kaigan, Joyce Camelli over the past Mercy few years, Kiprop. Mercy Kiprop you know I would like to see us trying to do a little bit better as a team and not not so much less as the individual level but just I mean I agree but you have to have the athletes there. that is and that's true you know that is true and I'd rather have a few athletes do really well than nobody well I guess we want different things in life (laughs) so basically what we're saying is we aren't sure who exactly is going to be competing for us this season I think that first meet um in you know Oxford will really tell us who's going to compete for Auburn because there's there's a lot of variables there um but we look forward to seeing you know some of our returning athletes like this is who we know as of right now like what we think who's going to be on the roster we hope yeah Yeah. Lindsey Grenier Hannah Dial Gigi Maddox Samantha Rogers Hannah Tarwater, you know, these are all names that we were familiar with for the women's side Especially last women, year. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Samantha Rogers, obviously sister to Evan and Jack Rogers. We just love that family. They're just so fun to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, all three of the Rogers siblings have done really well on the collegiate level. So it's just exciting to get to watch them. Obviously, Jack Rogers graduated, um, but brother Evan is going to be back this year. Carson Bedix, Ryan Kinane. Dustin Lewis, and hopefully Jackson Thomas as well. So, I mean, we do have a lot of returning people, just not sure who's actually going to be running and competing based on injuries and other variables. That and how happen. nice is it this year where we just kind of had to, on a whim, start doing our podcasts because we didn't know when the season technically was going to start. And I think they were still trying to figure it out with COVID and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So this year, actually having it come out, here's your schedule. This is what we're going to be doing. It looks like everything's going to be too much safer to do these days. Hey, let's go run some cross-country, guys. Amen. It's going to be fun. So we're looking forward to it. Obviously, we will be back next week after the Foothills Invitational, um, which takes place September 4th at JSU in Oxford, Alabama. Let's do it. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.